When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Rolling along, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Delighted that you are here for the ride. Hashtag crew is around me. Christine Lisi, who is a member of the hashtag crew. She's so good. Like that. Did you hear her little? She just summed up what's happening in Michigan in like 20 seconds. Better than I have. And I've talked about this thing now for two days nonstop. And she just gave it to you as concisely as it can be given. So... Don't listen to me. Listen to her. She knows what's going on, and we will let you know as soon as anything happens there. In the meantime, I want to get on to other business. And so I've come across my favorite tweet of the day. When you tweet all that stuff out, guess what? Tell us, tell us, we got it. My favorite tweet. So someone called at Frank Raz, R-A-Z-Z, tweeted at us, and I assume this was directed at me. Big fan for many years. A little constructive criticism. Ask your team to stop copying your delivery. This Hanbo character, H-A-N-B-O, this <laughs> Hanbo character uses the same voice inflections, pauses, <laughs> and emphasis as you. It's not great. Love you. Not great. So there are so many things in that tweet that I'm thrown by. Um, <laughs> so, A, I love that he's been a big fan for many years. And Thanks, more Frank. than that, I love that he loves me. Thanks for throwing in a love you, Frank. I love you back. Second, I like that he calls it constructive criticism. Like some people will just say, you suck, your show sucks, your cast sucks, I hate you. He's saying, I like you, but here's some constructive criticism. You got to do something about Hanbo. Yeah, he's trying to make the show better. He's trying to make the show better, and he's pointing the finger of blame at Hanbo. Fair. Hanbo uses, first of all, he's <laughs> this Hanbo character. As though it's not a real person. You're a character that's been made up for the purposes of the show. And I, and I don't blame Frank for that because to listen to you, you'd have to really know you to know that you're not making this up. Like, you are the most unusual person in the world. It is, I can see where the audience must think at times, we're just making this up. Like, no one is really the way Hanbo appears to be. But this is really Hanbo. But anyway, this Hanbo character uses the same voice inflections, pauses, and emphasis as you. It's not great. So, Bubba, you have worked with me about as long as Hanbo has, right? We've been together forever. Yep. You have produced, yep. You have produced as many of my radio shows as probably anybody. So there may be no one alive who knows my voice inflections, pauses, and emphasis as well as you do. Mm-hmm. Does Hanbo... Sound anything like me in his delivery, in his voice inflection, in his pauses, or in his emphasis? You know, to be honest, Greeny and Frank, it, it's it's not something, and Hanbo, it's not something I've ever noticed. So I don't, I don't think so personally. As someone who's heard both of you guys talk quite a bit, you know, since for thirteen years, I don't, I don't think so. I think Hanbo has his own 
distinct delivery, and Greeny has his own distinct delivery. As we've talked about, Liam has his own impression of you that we, we brought him on and he makes fun of you, but I, I don't see it. I'm not seeing what Frank is seeing. I enjoy his constructive criticism. I'm glad he wants to make the show better. I personally am not seeing it. We might, we'll have, might have to do a side-by-side comparison. I'm not seeing it myself. So you, you've, you've given that much more credence than it deserved. No one sounds less like me than Hembo or Hanbo. You can't sound less like me. First of all, if, if, I were to, if I were to say, if I were to ask you the question, would you please just tell me in a sentence who the champion was of last year's Super Bowl, how would you say it? Oh, that they won the Super Bowl? They won <laughs> the Super Bowl. The Chiefs won the True. Super Bowl. True. I guess that's all the evidence we need. You're the only human being alive who says that. You also don't um, use the same pause as I do because you don't pause. You speak like a freight train. You speak like um, like a car that someone has just put like a, a, a big heavy lunchbox on the gas pedal and then just let it go. And it's not going to slow down till it runs out of gas. That's how you talk. Pauseless. Finally, emphasis. You don't emphasize any words the same way I do. So no two people talk less alike than you and I. So that's my, con- my question for Frank Raz, who, again, otherwise, I think is terrific and has come up with a new nickname for you, which is Hanbo. Cam, am I wrong, or does Hembo sound nothing like me? I don't think you guys sound alike. I think you do both enunciate, emphasize, and speak well, but maybe not in a similar way. I'd like to draw some attention to Frank Raz's Twitter page that I just uh, pulled up here. Okay, mm-hmm. He has replied to tweets, but he has not tweeted anything in his life that's not a reply other than retweeting your tweets from eight years ago, a bunch of different questions about different pitchers going into the Hall of Fame. Those are his only tweets that are not replies to other different things. Now, when you say your, you mean Hembo's tweets no, or mine? No, yours, not Hanbo. Okay, so Hanbo. Shut up, Kim. So once again, he doesn't sound anything like me. Now put the Liam imitation of me up here on the screen because if you want to know how I sound, and I've been asking uh, that guy Joey Molinaro is his name, mm-hmm. or Caliendo, or one of the other good impressionists. Like, I'd love someone to do an impression of me. I don't consider myself easily imitatable because I don't think I'm that distinctive. Liam came the closest of anyone. Yeah, go, look, you said something there that's, uh, I want to ask you about it. Uh, you know, I'm up against a break. We'll do that next. Uh, Mike and Mike. Mark Sanchez. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, you don't do that. (laughs) I I don't have any idea what Frank is talking about. Nor do I. Now, again, I think he's got you pretty much nailed down. It's it's not great. And and you are I like Hanbo better than I like Hembo. So I think we're going to go with Hanbo from now There's on. There's just no chance that he's been a big fan of yours for many years Why? if he thinks that's my nickname. You've said it so many times. He's got, he has two of the five letters wrong. But it might sound like I'm saying Hanbo. For eight years? Could it's... it have autocorrected to Hanbo? No. I mean, that would be very unlikely. No he's way. clearly been a fan since at least 2015 when he retweeted, do you vote Pedro Martinez into the Hall of Fame? <laughs> and he retweeted, Yes. Yeah, he also retweeted, do you vote John Smoltz into the Hall of Fame? He also retweeted, do you vote Mike Piazza into the Hall of Fame? He also retweeted, do you vote Barry Bonds into the Hall of Fame? That was a slow day on Mike and Mike. (laughs) January 6, 2015. He was all over these tweets, so he's been listening since at least 2015. And hasn't said a single other thing on Twitter 
since. He just picked up eight years later. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I must have just started then. Right. So, I mean, look, the best way to describe me is it's not great. But nothing else he says is correct. I mean, you're like, honestly, I would love to, for this to be true. You're like the best talker ever. And I'm the, the opposite. So I don't understand what he's saying at all. Am I the only one who thinks we should just start calling him Hanbo? Oh, you're not the only one. Don't you think? <laughs> like, that feels like a good, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text your wife, Lizzie, and I'm going to say, from now on, I would like you to call him Hanbo. <laughs> like, when he comes home today, I want her to say, Hanbo. This uh, Hanbo character. Yeah. He, this is like the, it's like 20 hours ago when he tweeted this. It was like the first he had ever heard of me at this point, is I, what it seems like. I have a question for both of you. Yeah. Do your wives call you Greeny and Hembo, even though it is derivations of your last name? No. So, so uh, I'll start by answering for Hanbo. The first, so, so, so I, again, I knew Lizzie before, uh, before Hembo knew her. She worked on Mike and Mike. But then they got married, and then they were apart, they, they were apart from us for a long time because the pandemic came, and Lizzie was working for home, and then the babies happened. And so I probably went... I don't even know how long. I went years without seeing her. And then when the book came out, I saw her a couple of times. We were at GMA together. We did a signing together at the New York Athletic Club. So I saw her a few different times. And every time she calls you Paul, it takes me a minute to figure out who she's talking to. Or particularly if you're not standing in the conversation and she references Paul Mm. as God is my witness there is a moment where I'm not sure who she means. It throws you off. Who is this Paul character? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Stace does not call me Greeny, but she will sometimes describe me as Greeny because she knows that. So, for example, if she says, oh, I don't know, like, like if, if people, if we're going to meet someplace somewhere, she'll say, well, Greeny will be there at such and such time. Even like non-work people. Yeah. Hmm. yeah most people in my life now call me, like my golf buddies call me Greeny. Like, you know, who's like, if, if we, if we both hit ball, like that one's Eric's, that one's Greenies. Like the people call me Greenie. So this is for Stacey me, calls you Michael, right? She calls me Michael. Yeah. yeah. Bubba, for me, this is, or excuse me, Booba. Uh, this is strictly a corporate nickname. No, don't lay this on Bubba. He, the, Frank knows Bubba's name. Everyone it's knows Bubba. You. We don't know that. He didn't reference he Bubba, does did he? No, no. He didn't reference him incorrectly either. You're just projecting. You are Hanbo. Hanbo. He's Hanbo. You're Hanbo. That's it. In the same way that George wanted to be T-Bone, uh, but, but, but he couldn't be. You are now Hanbo. He's Hanbo. So let it be written. So let it be done. The man is Hanbo. So on we go from there. Okay, next piece of business, and I find this kind of interesting. Let's make our predictions. We'll give them the KOD. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. We are essentially at the midway point of the NFL season, kind of. Uh, Them having an odd number of games really screws that up. But one way or another, let's make some people some money. No one scours the lines and the numbers and crunches them better than our man Hanbo. Mm. So right now, let's start with MVP. I've got Patrick Mahomes as the favorite at plus 325, followed by Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson at plus 375. Tua is next plus 750, and then Joe Burrow, plus 850. Those are your top five candidates right now for MVP. Which of those bets do you like best? I'm not asking you to predict who will win. I say when you factor in the value, which one are you taking a flyer on? The best value on the board is actually Trevor Lawrence at 25 to 1. This is an award, as we know historically, that goes to a quarterback on a top two seed. Among all the quarterbacks in contention, For this award, Jacksonville has, by a pretty large margin, the easiest remaining schedule. There's a pretty clear path to getting there. 
There's no voter fatigue with Trevor Lawrence. If you want to take a flyer and make 100 bucks on a $4 bet, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence at 25-1. to 1. I like that, too. We talked about it before the season began. Jacksonville lost two bad games early in the year, and the world has just basically forgotten them, and they're playing in Jacksonville. Makes it a little easier, I think, because they just get less attention than everyone else. They play two games in London, but the reality is they haven't lost since that, and they're going to get hot. And while... Uh, Jalen Hurts is dealing with his division and Lamar is dealing with his division and Tua is dealing with his division and Burrow. You're right. Trevor Lawrence is dealing with a much easier division. I share that pick with you. Let's go to Offensive Player of the Year. What I have on my screen is Tyreek Hill as the favorite, plus 140. Christian McCaffrey, plus 160. Those two are far and away the favorites. Coming up third here is A.J. Brown all the way at 5.5 to 1. Where's the value? The best value here is A.J. Brown at 5.5 to 1. Right now, he's having, statistically at least, a very similar season to Tyreek Hill, who's plus $1.40. I think, honestly, the two of them are probably the likeliest to do there, to, uh, excuse me, to win the award. So it's basically a coin flip. When you take the odds into account, that's the best value. You can, you can make a lot of money on A.J. Brown at 5.5 to 1. That's my play. Greeny with you live at the Seaport District Pier 17, brought to you by Chase with hashtag Bubba, hashtag Cam, and hashtag Hanbo. Uh, the next one is Defensive Player of the Year. Micah Parsons is the favorite at plus 180. Miles Garrett plus 200. T.J. Watt plus 230. So they're bunched up. I'm taking Max Crosby at 33 to 1. Raiders. Believe it or not, he's outproducing all those guys, at least by some more traditional measures that I think the voters will care about. If you happen to believe, like I do, that the Raiders might be live the last month of the season because they now have a real coach instead of a fake coach, they might actually win some games and play better defense. He might get himself to close to 20 sacks. He's leading the league in tackles for loss. He leads the league in pressures. Max Crosby at 33-1 to is a really nice flyer. And then let me do one more. Let's do coach of the year. Dan Campbell, Detroit, plus 185. Mike McDaniel, Miami, and D'Amico Ryan's Houston, both. Oh, I'm sorry. McDaniel is five to one. D'Amico Ryan's is five and a half to one, and Robert Sala is ten to one. Where do you like the value? I like Kevin O'Connell, the coach of the Vikings, at sixteen to one. He's going to wind up uh, leading this team to the playoffs without Kirk Cousins and for a large chunk of the season without Justin Jefferson. I think he's going to get a lot of credit for that at 16-1. to 1, That's a really, really astute play for them to sneak into the playoffs in the NFC. I like that, too. I do like D'Amico Ryans if that team keeps winning. I, this weekend will tell a lot. Let's put it this way. If he beats Cincinnati this weekend, that number's going to drop, right? I, I would think that Most he definitely. Would, because the whole world will see. Oh, mm-hmm. he gets that team in the playoffs. I would pencil him in as the coach of the year. All right, Henbrook. Time for Sneaky Hanbo here on ESPN Radio. Uh, trivia today for radio. Let's go. Who was the president of the United States the last time that Michigan football won an outright national championship? Oh, I love this question. Who was the president the last time Michigan won the national championship outright? Next, ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Bunch of things to get to here. We will have the answer to the trivia in just a moment. Uh, and we will have that in 30 seconds. In fact, after this word from Granger, for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Wow. Okay. And how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Himbo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? All right, again, our radio trivia. And by the way, Cam and Bub, I believe we need to update that production. This is from now on to be known as Sneaky Hanbo. Fair. Hanbo will forever be known as Hanbo now, H-A-N-B-O. Today's question again, Hanbo. Uh, who is president of the United States the last time that Michigan football won an outright national championship? Okay, so we're going to have to discuss after the fact whether I have to recuse myself from this one or not. I will go last, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. So, Bubba, you go first. All right. Obviously, the key word there is outright. Um, I remember Michigan won when I was a kid, but I'm pretty confident that was when they split with someone, I believe. So I I think the whole thing is they won way back in the day. So I'm going to guess the president that rings a bell with me is when my parents were born, Harry Truman. I'm going to throw it out there. Don't even know what year it was, but I'm going Harry Truman. That's a vote for Harry Truman. Cam. JFK. JFK. So that would be the early 60s. Uh, Brandon has already checked in with a vote, right? Yeah. And who is his? Herbert Hoover. Herbert Hoover. Herbert Hoover. Wasn't he president like in the 1920s? Uh, he will. Third? Mm. Uh, the Hoover third. Dam. F- Franklin Delano Roosevelt became president in 1932 and stayed there for 15 years. 33. 29 to 33. For okay, Hoover. so he preceded Roosevelt. All right, we have to talk about whether or not my answer counts. Many years ago, Hembo and I did a down barrel. We did one of these on-camera essays about Michigan football and about Harbaugh. Ironically, this was at a time when everyone thought he should get fired, and we did it to defend him, and we pointed out, I'm almost positive I remember the year that the last time they won an outright national championship was 1948, at which time Harry Truman would have been president. So my, my guess is that, and I think Bubba is right, That's mine. We'll have to decide whether I should be disqualified. Go ahead. The correct answer is Harry Truman. Yeah. So, so Bubba's counts. Bubba's counts. Here's the uh, guys. I'm going to leave this open to you. So we did this essay. Hanbo gave me this answer. He actually wrote this answer in an email and sent it to me, but it was five years ago. He points out. So the question is, should my answer count or not? Yes, it should count. 
I, I, what I had to do was, A, remember that you sent it to me, B, right. remember what year it was, and C, know who the president was then. Yeah, yeah I'm giving it poll. to you. Yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, I think, you know, if you're you allowed, happen to know the trivia. If, you're allowed to know it. You know, they might have asked the trivia, you know, last night on, you know, yesterday on College Football Live or something. If you're watching and you hear the trivia and you remember it, it's fair game. I get that. My point is. Hanbo himself gave sure. me his answer. Yes, but five yeah. years ago. Five I mean, years ago, okay, did he know I'll he would it. ask it on the radio? Hey, no complaints. <laughs> We're okay with it. Right, go ahead. Uh, then, Cam, read off the scores. All right. I am 10 and 20. Bubba is 9 and 21. You are 7 and 23. Brandon's 2 and 7. And Mark Cuban's 0 and 1 in the sneaky Hanbo trivia. All right. We'd also like to point out today. That we are proud to be a part of recognizing that this is Veterans Week here at ESPN. Obviously, we, it will be um, celebrated the correct word. It will be acknowledged tomorrow, whatever the right word is. And then uh, the 11th is actually Saturday. As we honor all military personnel who are actively serving, the veterans who have served, and those who made the ultimate sacrifice, we want to make sure that military personnel and military spouses everywhere are aware of ESPN's continued support of Disabled American Veterans Career Fairs. That's Disabled American Veterans Career Fairs. Those connect veterans and their spouses with employers nationwide who are committed to hiring them. To learn more, you can visit DAV.org. Again, it's Disabled American Veterans, so DAV.org. They put these career fairs together. They will connect you if you are a veteran or you if you are a military spouse with people across the country who are looking to hire people like you. So hopefully that will be of help. And again, from all of us at ESPN and certainly all of us on this program, our endless thanks for all you have done and all you have sacrificed so that we have the freedom to sit here and just act foolishly as we do every single day. Okay, um, with that said, all these other things that are going on here, we still have an eye on what's going on with Michigan. There's no update for this moment. So then let me tell you a very quick story. Just going to sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. Bubba, do you believe in the golf gods? Got to. Absolutely. You believe in the football gods? Absolutely. Golf gods, football gods, traffic gods. I mean, you have to. The evidence is there. The idea that we speak things into the universe and nothing comes of that is just ludicrous. I don't know how people can possibly think that. When we talk about things, it matters. So if you're standing on the 16th tee box and the thought goes through your head, I am two good holes away from shooting the best score of my life, you are guaranteed to snap hook, uh, snap hook that drive into the woods, and now you're hitting three from the tee. That's going to happen to you 100 out of 100 times, and you deserve it. If you walk up to a guy when you're putting on 18 for a match and you say, 20 bucks, I make this, you might hit it in the wrong direction. Back in the days before Waze, if you were on a highway and you dared think to yourself, oh, we are making great time, you were guaranteed to be sitting in a parking lot within the next five miles. This stuff matters. And in case you needed proof, I will offer some in the form of someone you do not know. His name is Jack Bartek. He is the director of printing operations for Get Up, First Take, and all of the Seaport shows here at ESPN. He's also basically Hembo's plaything. Ever since the day he got here, you never see Hembo without Jack. 
Jack is. He is Hanbo's. No, no, oh, yeah. Sorry, Hanbo's mm. little assistant. Right. Hanbo say. finally found someone he can boss around. And this kid, Jack, just and he's a great kid. He's his, his official title is production assistant, right? He's a PA. It's, it's Dopo, actually. The, the director of printing operations. And oddly enough, yes, my wife Lizzie was the one who hired him for the job. Okay, see, so all these things come together. So from the minute Jack got here, and he's a great kid, young kid, aspiring sportscaster. We will help him any way we can. Terrific kid, huge Jet fan, by the way. Anyway. From the day he got here in August, he has just been like a lapdog. He just follows Hanbo around everywhere he goes. And anytime you ask, so, so the joke has always been, if you ask Greeny something, I always yell, Hanbo! Now, if you ask Hanbo anything, he yells, Jack! Which is great to watch. Life is a circle. Anyway, yesterday, tell everybody what Jack said out loud. He said, Hanbo, by the way, did you know that I've not yet missed a day of work since I started in August? I'm practically Cal Ripken Jr. An exact quote. And then oh, no. three hours later, what did he text you? Hey, looks like we jinxed the Iron Man streak, got home and started to not feel great. <laughs> Went to the doctor. I have a 102 fever. Oh so I'm not going to be able to make it tomorrow or Friday, presumably. Goodness. Oh, my God. No way. <laughs> So for those of you Come who on. don't believe in this stuff, I present what? Jack Bartek. What a dope. That's insane. Oh, he is a dopo. Again, let that, no one knows what you mean by that. See, that's why this guy, Frank Raz, has no idea. I would never make that joke with the audience having no chance of understanding why it's funny. Hembo, the kid is a, he's a production assistant. He was hired as a production assistant at ESPN because his primary job is printing my scripts every day because I'm the only person left in the world who works off paper scripts anymore instead of an iPad. Really annoying. Which Hembo hates. He basically has said to this kid from the day he got here, from now on, Greeny scripts are your problem. <laughs> and he has described him as the director of printing operations, thus the dopo. But there's no way any of the millions of people listening to us right now could possibly know that. So the dopo handbo is you. That's a fairly common uh, expression. No, it's, it is it's not. Fairly no common. one has ever called anyone a dopo in their entire life. I'd also lives. like to say, I, as, as insane as it was of what he said, and yes, that's ridiculous. He does, it's not that impressive that he worked essentially two, three months in a row. <laughs> right. He came to work for, I thought, I thought the streak was going to be like, I've come to work two straight years without a sick. He's bragging that he's worked every day since August. <laughs> that was two months Ripken ago. Ripken was 17 <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> he came to work every day during the football season for two months. That's not that impressive to begin with, Jack. This guy's the Ben Simmons of Yeah, uh, and then he immediately missed it. <laughs> ben Simmons. That's a very good line. He's the Anthony Davis of yeah. ESPN. He's street already, close. He's already load managing. He's street our street close. Also, he texted you and said, looks like we jinxed it. You, Hanbo, didn't do anything. Did nothing he's wrong the here. one that jinxed it. Yeah. Did nothing wrong here. Yeah, he's deflecting He's there. celebrating a two-month-long streak. And of why is he already calling out for Friday? Let me ask you a question. That's a little Fair. questionable. When, when you guys graduated from high school... Did they give an award to someone for perfect attendance? No. In my high school graduation, I graduated from Stuyvesant High School in June of 1985, and they called up one girl amidst giving out all the awards, this award, that award, you know, valedictorian. They graduated. They, they, they handed out one award. They called up a, a, a young woman. I, I don't remember her name. For perfect, she did not miss a single day of school in four years. Oh, my God. <laughs> and all of us looked at each other like – should someone get an award for that? Like, do we give 
an award. Is it appropriate to give someone an award for perfect attendance? That's what do pretty you think? impressive. Absolutely. It is? Yeah. That's... Show up to post every single day? That's a, four it's years of high school every single day. Yeah, I don't. We didn't have that, but I don't even know if anyone in our school did that. You so. can't complain about load managing in the NBA and not being. What was her name again? What I don't was, know. Oh, you don't know her name. I don't remember her name. Hambo, I graduated from high school in 1985. I can tell you the name of every person I went to high school with. Yeah, but I mean, how many people went? Did you go to high school? Uh, Twenty nine other guys. See, I, I went to. Ah. I, you went to a, an all boys school, school with, with only thirty kids. Other is, that, is that not obvious based on how I act and behave? Nothing is obvious based on how you act and behave, to be honest with you. Um, my graduating class had like 650 people in it. And she was the only one that didn't miss a day? Apparently so. Wow. She was the only one who got a certificate. That's crazy. Yeah. Good for her. That yeah. has to be a prized possession. That's a, that's a very good streak. I Much- can't believe you guys didn't give Jack a certificate for missing. <laughs> when you know, he comes back, we, we should, should give him something irreverent. We yeah. should present him with something ridiculous. Hey, by the way, since you mentioned NBA players, let's get on to the next thing here, and that is... Sneaky Big News. In the most predictable events in the history of mankind, the Sixers rid themselves of James Harden and have promptly become the best team in the East, while he wound up in Los Angeles with the Clippers, last night got booed, jeered, and made fun of in Brooklyn, and the Clippers are 0-2 since his arrival. Once again, proving my theory that when James Harden retires, we will say of him, he put up great numbers, but no one ever said, my team got so much better for having him on it. Yeah, he's got a very complicated basketball legacy. And no, he doesn't. I think it's complicated. Well, how's it complicated? Because I think if you asked him... He'd say, I've accomplished everything that I ever wanted to. Yeah, but that doesn't make your legacy complicated. Lots of people have accomplished things they wanted to accomplish. You don't write your own legacy. Yeah, that's just being delusional. Legacies are created by James others. Harden is objectively one of the 10 greatest offensive players of all time. Yes, but how, where are you factoring in winning? If you were to make a list of the – if I right now charged you mm-hmm. with making a list – look, we, we're writing sports books. I mean, it's not a secret. We did one last year that did very well. We have a deal to do two more. If we ever do a book in which we, we're going to name the best players in NBA history, one through whatever, how many numbers would we have to get to before you would put him? Uh, probably somewhere between 20 and 30. Get up. Get up and leave this table. You're going to tell me that James Harden is one of the 25, let's just use this, greatest players? Greatest players. Not numbers. Don't give me numbers. I watch basketball. I know who's great. You're going to tell me James Harden is, is one of the 25 greatest players that ever lived? When it's all said and done, I think you will be able to make an objective case, as I like doing, that he's one of the 25 or 30 greatest basketball players of all time. I think that's a real on-the-table option. I understand there are a lot of people, myself included, as a Philly fan, that does not like the way that he conducts his business, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he is a brilliant basketball player and has been for a decade. He is a brilliant... He is a system, and that system never wins. I'll quote him. He says, I'm not part of a system. I am the system. I'm not a system player, is what he said. I am the system. Go back and show me what anyone has to show for that system besides millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Do you consider Charles Barkley an all-time great? Yes. No, I consider Charles Barkley a thousand times better than James Harden. How about Carl Malone? Better. Why? They were just better players. I watched them play. They contributed to winning a hell of a lot more. Charles Barkley ran into Michael Jordan. Carl Malone ran into Michael Jordan. Yeah, and James Harden ran into the Warriors dynasty. Once. The rest of the time, he got beaten down in everywhere else and didn't show up in any of them. He was the reason his teams lost all those yeah, games. Yeah, but you're using anecdotes over body of work. Like that's, that's one way of doing it. But you have to include both as options in deciding what a player's legacy is. 
there are two sides of this coin. James Harden absolutely is a choke artist, absolutely is a selfish player, absolutely never won at the highest level. But he's also a brilliant player who, by the way, did play. He didn't load manage for most of his prime. No, I like that about him. He was genuinely, he averaged more than 30 points a game in three consecutive seasons. He averaged more points a game um, than all but Michael Jordan in a season since Wilt Chamberlain. We can't discount things that also matter to us. Like, no, there's one very specific thing. He did not reach the top of the mountain. And we don't like the way that he conducts his business. But if you just look at the back of the car, like the back Who's of the baseball Who's a better player car, historically, Chris Pauler or James Harden? James Harden. Get out of here. James Harden's a greater no player historically. No way that you're going to, all time, you're, if you're starting a team mm-hmm. and you can have them through their primes, you would rather have James Harden than Chris Paul? Yes, absolutely. He, yes. Chris Paul also hasn't done any winning himself. No, but I mean, he's been, I would take Chris Paul ahead of James Harden. How about you? How about Allen Iverson? Uh, James Harden is a greater player than Allen Iverson. Get out of here. What are you talking about? Did you watch Allen Iverson play? I watched Allen Iverson play 80 games a year for half of my life. And you would take James Harden over Allen Iverson? There was nothing on a basketball floor in which Allen Iverson was better at James, than James Harden. Not one single thing. James Harden is one of the 15 or 20 best passers and five or 10 greatest scores in the history of the NBA. You can't simply point to games sixes and sevens, specifically across playoffs, and say, look, that guy sucks. The reason we think that guy sucks is because we know what he's capable of, not because he sucks. James Harden is a brilliant brilliant basketball player and I hate defending him but there's a reason why Daryl Morey is going to the Hall of Fame and it's because of that guy it's because of uh, it's because of James Harden they made the right decision in bringing him to Philadelphia they did as much high level winning as was possible at that time in Houston based upon the fact that they were going up against an absolute dynasty we're holding so many things against James Harden that just aren't fair like we have to be fair and balanced in the way that we cover these guys and their legacies I'm totally good with you hating the way that he looks and hating what he does at night. I don't hate, hate the way he looks. You talked to him about many times about him being out of shape, and he probably is. Oh, at some that point. part, yeah. That's all, that's all that I mean. the beard I kind of like. <laughs> Fair enough. I thought you meant his beard. What I'm saying is that James Harden's body of work is greater than you are giving it credit for. A player that has averaged 25 points and 7 assists across practically 15 NBA seasons, was a part of 60 win teams, averaged 36 and 34 points a game in a season, won an MVP, I mean, this is a dominant offensive player, a person that did over a durable period of time lead his team, the Rockets, to a lot of high-level success in the playoffs, just not all the way, going up against the Spurs in some cases, going up against the Warriors in some cases. I'm not discounting the half that you're saying. I'm just saying we can't just present half the evidence. So ESPN.com in 2022 ranked the NBA 75th anniversary team. They have James Harden 50th. Here's the thing. I want you to look at... This is such a complicated conversation mm-hmm. to have because um, there, there are things, well, whatever. I don't want to get into things that, that, that people know and that you hear and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Professionalism is a big part of being an all-time great player. Taking big games seriously. Um, being in the NBA Finals and doing what it takes to be at your best in those games, even when they're being played in Miami, matters historically. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll leave it at that. All I'm saying is... Uh, Does scoring 25,000 points matter historically? I mean, yes, a little. But, I mean, you want to talk about... In baseball, we use the term compiler. Is, is James Harden a compiler? Yeah, he's, cl- he's closer to, I don't know, someone like Eddie Murray than he is to Reggie Jackson. 
But they're both in the Hall of Fame, and he will be someday. Well, too. He's, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame, but he's not the 25th best player of all time. And a lot of the teams he was on, I think, especially in Houston, would have been horrendous without him. That's true too. Yeah, there but, were some of those. He was he was the engine. You're discounting a brilliant peak in Houston. You really are. All right, let me take a quick break here. I'm getting late. We'll come back with more on this on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes... Bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. All right, this is a game tonight. Uh, the, the Thursday night game kicks off with the Bears and the Panthers. It's a game that the Bears cannot lose because they have both teams' draft picks. And the only things that matter for these teams at this point are draft picks, particularly if Justin Fields isn't playing, which he's not, even though Matt Eberflus, for some reason, can't bring himself to say that. The Bears are a a three-and-a-half-point home favorite tonight. What can you tell me before I make a pick? You can't get much from the public. It's close to two-thirds on Chicago, but it's not enough to really sway you. The total's really low. The total is 38 in this game. My sense, my feel is that three and a half points is a little, too, a few too many to give to a team quarterbacked by Tyson Bagent, but um, and so that's what I would play. I'd play the Carolina Panthers at plus three and a half and probably play the under too. I would slam the under, I think, as it sounds like a pretty good pick to me. By the way, it's not a great week for primetime games, unfortunately. We have Colts Patriots in that early slot in Germany. The Jets are on again on Sunday night football, so it's not the greatest week for the big sort of standalone games, but we will root for the best. Anyway, I'll take the under, and for no obvious reason, I'll take the Bears, and I'll give the three and a half. That's the KOD pick. All right, one more thing I want to do. Let me mention quickly that if you're still looking for amazing gifts at Total Wine and more, you will find gifts for everyone on your list. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine and more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Earlier this morning, because he's just this way, I asked Hanbo a question about where, what he majored in in college, and you then went on to say that you majored in education and you had thoughts of being a history teacher. So with that thought in mind, I want to ask you a question, because this is something that really bothers me. Ridley Scott is a well-known film director. This is a little bit of a departure, but I feel like saying it out loud. He's a very well-known film director. He's made, I feel like he's made a lot of movies that everyone has heard of. And he is now the director of the new movie about Napoleon, which stars Joaquin Phoenix. And I've seen all the coming attractions. It looks like one of these huge, epic kind of movies. And apparently, he has taken a lot of liberties with the facts. A historian named Dan Snow pointed out that a lot of things in the movie didn't happen, quote, Napoleon didn't shoot at the pyramids, and Marie Antoinette, quote, famously had very cropped hair for the execution, and by the way, Napoleon wasn't there. 
Ridley Scott, the director, responded by saying, get a life. I got to tell you, Ridley, you're on the wrong side of history on this one, both literally and figuratively. I 100% contend that you cannot make a film about a historical figure and just make up facts willy-nilly. That's cheating. You want to make a fictitious story, go ahead. You can't make a movie about Napoleon and just make stuff up. That bothers me. How do you feel about it? This, this really boils my blood. I'm a student of history, not just sports history, but all types of history, as you know. And so suffice it to say that nobody in history with more legendary gaffes has been more celebrated than Napoleon Bonaparte. What do you mean by that? He's not one of the great generals of all time? No, Ridley, you and people like you are the reason why Napoleon remains the most overrated military commander in the history of the French army. He's like James Harden. Count the gaffes. The invasion of Spain. Disaster. The invasion of Russia. Disaster. Waterloo. Epic disaster. This guy's Clayton Kershaw in October. <laughs> you're telling me to read a... You're telling me to, to, to get a life? Read a book! I'm done! <laughs> so... <laughs> That's not what I was expecting. So what you're telling me is you believe Napoleon was an overrated general. Yeah, I've not seen the film. <laughs> but Napoleon, I don't even think the film has been released yet, has it? I have not seen the film. I, have not, I, I did not have a, a special advance. He just found this story as, as a back-channel way to get his Napoleon your take issue in there. In this, to be clear, your issue is not with the movie's director, but your issue is with Napoleon himself? That's right. For 200 years. And you know what I hate? I hate that for the last 200 years... The legacy of Alexander the Great has been obscured by Napoleon because Alexander the Great is actually the greatest military commander of all time. But we're saying that Napoleon is this military genius. He went into, he went into Russia with 615,000 men and leaves with 100,000, taking a walk of shame. This guy is an overrated military commander. He's no genius. You know, it's like when people, when people tell me uh, that Kanye West is a genius and then, I, and then I listen to him talk. No, everyone is wrong. Everyone is wrong about Kanye West. Everyone is wrong about uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, and I can't believe that this guy is taking an ahistorical perspective on this biopic. It's unbelievable. So you're kind of conflating a lot of different subjects now. How so? Well, your issue with Napoleon as a general is not really directly in any way I can tell connected to the director making up facts in the biopic. Oh, I have to. Look, I've not seen the biopic. I have to assume. If, 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 we have, if we have issues with Marie Antoinette's hair, if we, has, uh, we have issues with the pyramids and such, there are going to be mischaracterizations of his greatness for sure, and well, they will be inflated just as they've been for 200 years. If you know this much about Napoleon, answer me this. Did he fire upon the pyramids? No, of course not. This, okay. is, a, this is fiction. Get a life. Well, that's Get a my life. Po- th- Read th- a book. Let, let me ask uh, Bubba and Cam this question. Do you have an issue in general, with people making biography films, biopics, and or biopics, excuse yeah. me, and just making oh, up it's, facts. It's biopics, uh, yeah, first I, of all. I feel like, is it, is it biopics or biopics? I'm really not sure. I think but it's biopics. I say biopics. See, we, we, we make this mistake more on this radio show than anything. We just digress out of good topics into just pointless, irrelevant nothing. Is am this I, a good topic? But am I wrong about Napoleon, though? What I, is Jack I don't know back? if you're wrong about Napoleon. Neither does anybody exactly. else. I'm telling you, history has misremembered this guy, and you, 200 years later, don't even know that. He's <laughs> the first person to compare Napoleon and Kanye, that's for sure. Here's and what Kershaw. I, 
Am I the only one who doesn't like it when they make stuff up in these movies? Like, that's what bothers me, and that's what we should have been talking about. I'd but prefer once, less of that. Once again, typical handbow, changing the subject, digressing into nonsense. Sounds just like you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.